Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. Christian flag case in Boston settles for more than $2.1 million. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, after five years of litigation and a unanimous 9-0 U.S. Supreme Court ruling, the city of Boston has now agreed to pay Liberty Council $2,125,000 for attorney's fees and costs for the unconstitutional religious viewpoint discrimination of the Christian flag. The case is Shirtliff versus City of Boston and Liberty Council. We represent Boston resident Hal Shirtliff and his Christian civic organization, Camp Constitution. You know, Matt, it's really, this case is just a reminder that it always pays off to persevere. And when you're talking about religious freedom, you know, God is on our side and he will get the victory. This case has garnered a lot of media at different times of the mm-hmm. sequence of this case. And certainly after the United States Supreme Court issued its 9-0 to decision on May the 2nd, it's received a lot of media and continual media since then. And then with this most recent announcement of the settlement of $2,125,000 that Boston had to pay for its unconstitutional religious viewpoint discrimination really not only sends a message, but I think it has indicated to people they need to be careful. Government officials need to be careful when you censor religious viewpoints. It can be very costly. And you're right, perseverance pays off because we lost twice in the lower district court, lost twice in the same court of appeals, and then won unanimously at the United States Supreme Court 9-0. to And it shows you some of the courts are more judicial activist courts versus following the Constitution. So when it finally got to the Supreme Court, they're like, why is this even here? Well, like, yeah, yeah, that's what you've been asking. The Supreme, <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of a question actually came up twice. Yes. Justice Breyer actually wrote the opinion. Yes. And Justice Kagan. Also, they essentially said, why is this case here? Why did the city not settle the case? And they Seems asked like those questions yeah. <laughs> uh, to particularly the city council attorney that was arguing at the United States Supreme Court. And they asked that to me. Um, and I said, well, we thought it was a no-brainer. I didn't use the word no-brainer, <laughs> right. but we thought it was straightforward. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, the lower courts went the wrong way, uh, and this court needs to correct it. Obviously, the court did. It sure did, nine to zero. And now we see, you know, the the influence of this case in so many different ways. For example, a lot of the flag policies that cities are considering are looking at this case and saying, we need to make sure that our policy is constitutional. You know, it's amazing how many cities out there were going down this road that Boston was going down. And mm-hmm. Boston had created this public forum for flag raisings, and it had been open for at least 12 years or more. And they had a forum where you could gather on the City Hall Plaza for all kinds of speech activities, private organizations on the public property. You filled out a permit, you got granted, and they would just schedule you based upon time. Uh, But they didn't deny anybody. And then they also had a flagpole that Mm -hmm. they designated as a flagpole public forum open for all applicants. And you could have your event and then also temporarily raise your flag commemorating your event. 
And for 12 years, 284 applications, there were no denials, virtually no review. They just rubber-stamped the application process until 2017 when Hal Shirtliff, on behalf of Camp Constitution, he wanted to celebrate Constitution Day, which is September 17 every year. It's a federal-recognized day. It's Constitution Day and Citizenship Day, September 17 every single year. And so he wanted to do that in September of 2017 for Constitution Day. He applied for a permit. He had different speakers he was going to bring. It would have been about an hour celebration on the City Hall Plaza. And during that celebration, they would have temporarily raised the Christian flag and then taken it down when the event was over. No big deal. Should have been a no-brainer. Just approve it. That's what you've always done before. It's open to all applicants. All applicants means all applicants. That's your language. You right. opened this up to the public. And now as a result, on August 3rd, we had a huge celebration with hundreds of people and hundreds, lots of media. Well, what they did was they insisted that they had to censor the case, this, the, this particular flag. But the ironic thing was they didn't take issue with the flag itself. It was only Hal's perception of what that flag means. The name Christian. The name Christian on the application. If Hal considered that flag to be Christian, that was a no-go. If Hal considered that same flag to be anything but Christian, call it anything by a non-religious name, call it Camp Constitution, whatever, just don't call it Christian, it would have been okay because they've actually flown that same virtually identical flag with a reverse color scheme for the Battle of Bunker Hill. They didn't have a problem with the flag itself. So it wasn't the cross that they had a problem with. It was Hal's perception of what that flag represents. If that flag represents a Christian flag, then that was banned. And they made the argument that they had to ban it, that they were justified in doing so, based upon a 1971 Supreme Court case called Lemon versus Kurtzman that Justice Antonin Scalia, in a dissent at one time, or in a concurring opinion uh, at one point, he argued that this should be overturned, this 1971 Lemon Test, and a lot of justices didn't like it, but they never overturned it. And sometimes they used it, sometimes they didn't use it. In 2005, they didn't use it in the Texas Ten Commandments case, but on the same day they used it in our case that I argued regarding the Kentucky Ten Commandments display. So it caused a lot of confusion. It was a malleable type of test that was up to the subjective decision-making of the judge. So if the judge didn't like your religion, your words, your speech, your symbols, your displays, your presentation, if he didn't like it or she didn't like it, they would rely upon Lemon to strike it down. And that's what the city attorney argued, and that's what the lower courts based their decision upon. And the U.S. Supreme Court in Shirtliff, May the 2nd, they unanimously rejected it. None of them accepted that argument. Shirtliff then was used on June 27 as the basis to overturn this overarching, terrible, judge-made case mm -hmm. of Lemon going back 51 years ago. You know, it reminds me, Matt, there is a lake that I like to run around, and it has a beautiful American flag flying high. And one day I'm running around the lake, and I notice there's a rainbow flag under the American flag. And I'm like, hmm. So I went and took a picture of it, and I tagged the mayor, who was very, as you know, pro-LGBT activist mayor. I tagged him all over social media. And next thing you know, I go to running around the lake, that flag is gone. Because when I tagged it, I said, where can I apply to fly the Christian flag? 
And I don't know if he actually saw it or not, but that flag was gone. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Some of these cities, libraries, schools, mm -hmm. they have become very pro-LGBTQ. And so along with their state and United States flag, they started flying these LGBT mm -hmm. or pride flags. They flew them on their flagpoles. And Boston was allowing that as well, right. uh, but you could also fly, you know, a pro-communism flag up there, but they just didn't want somebody to fly a flag if they perceived that flag was Christian. But this great victory of this case should empower people to speak up. And it has, because a number of these cities now are reevaluating their policies mm -hmm. because they have been allowing these LGBTQ flags, but they've not allowed anything else. Right. And now they're reevaluating it, and they really need to go back, frankly, to flying the United States flag in their state or city flag. Absolutely. And stop the advocacy. Stop the advocacy. But if they're going to open it up to these other flags, then you're going to have to allow Christian viewpoints. It's just that simple. And so we won 9-0, to zero, and now we have agreed for a settlement, nine years of litigation, for $2,125,000 that the city of Boston has to pay. And on August the 3rd, as you mentioned, we were able to go back to Boston. It was an amazing day. It was. Because Boston agreed also as part of the settlement to allow the flag to go back up. And so we had an event that was maybe two hours or so. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of people out there celebrating, waving little Christian flags. And the Christian flag was finally raised on that flagpole public forum. That's right. It was incredible. But you know, the settlement, I mean, after five years of litigation, we had thousands of hours invested in this case. So that settlement sounds like a lot of money, but that's for attorney's fees and cost that we had to invest hours and hours in this case. We don't charge any of our clients when we take a case, but obviously in this case where we win against a government entity that has unconstitutionally censored or violated the Constitution or federal law, then we pursue that cost of the time and expenses that we put into the case. And so now freedom finally returns to the cradle of liberty, and that was so evident on August the 3rd when the Christian flag flew among the celebratory gathering of people there. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org forward slash flag. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org. The website again, lc.org.